0: Our first reading is taken from Isaiah 55:1-11, Invitation to the Thirsty. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk, without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labour? And what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me, listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will, not, you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he, he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways, And the righteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them, and to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow, Come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. This is the word of the Lord.
1: The second reading is taken from 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 14, to chapter 4, verse 5. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather round them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, Discharge all the duties of your ministry. This is the word of the Lord.
2: Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Jesus said, I have testimony weightier than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I am doing, testify that the Father has sent me. And the Father who has sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice, nor seen his form, nor does his word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one he sent. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. I do not accept glory from human beings, but I know you. I know that you do not have the love of God in your hearts. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me. But if someone else comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe since you accept glory from one another, but do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? But do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom your hopes are set. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Well, as you gather, this morning is Bible Sunday. For us at St. Matthew, at any rate, if you actually looked at your Church of England calendar, it would tell you that Bible Sunday is next week. But next week, we're having baptisms, so we're having Bible Sunday, a week ahead of everyone else. All three readings this morning, though, are taken from the Church of England lectionary, which are the standard readings, if you like, from next week, which is Bible Sunday. And so, unsurprisingly, all three readings spoke about Scripture itself so what we're going to do now is we're going to look at the first passage from Isaiah. And what I'd ask you to do, can I encourage you to, uh, to follow the, the readings in the Bibles that you've been given? Um, to help you, um, and the first one is on page 743. To help you, the page numbers are even on the, the, the do you see the hymn board on the wall? The page numbers that you're going to need are on there. So 743 is, is the first one. And... Um, Um, in years to come, when all churches put Bible page numbers on on their hymn boards, you can say, I saw it first in St. Matthew's. So we're on page 743. And the reading starts at the beginning of chapter 55 and includes the first 11 verses. But I'm going to jump to the last two verses of our passage, verses 10 and 11, and, um, and look at that. Because I think this is the main sort of part of the passage. So it's actually it's page 744 that we're we're going to uh, look at, verses 10 and 11. Okay. And God speaking through the prophet Isaiah says this, As the rain and snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater... So is my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So God has given us a specific purpose which he desires. He's given us scripture for a specific purpose which he desires and it won't fail. Well that sounds like one really good reason for getting to know The scriptures really well, doesn't it? The Bible, Holy Scripture, was given to us by God, through human beings, of course, but no less inspired by God for a particular reason. And the message of scripture is good for those who receive it, if you like. If we read on in verse 12, he says, "'You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace,' The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. And this is a wonderful, a wonderful picture, if you like, of, of a spiritual reality um, that God gives us. Um, at the time, the Israelites were still in captivity in Babylon, and this wonder, is a wonderful picture of them being released in the future, which of course they were. And um, It's a promise from God of their coming release back to freedom in the promised land. So, there's a purpose to scripture um, which God desires and it won't fail. And let's turn to now um, our second reading on page 1196. Get those fingers moving. On page 1196. Okay. Okay. Now this is, from, this is an excerpt from a letter which the Apostle Paul wrote to one of his friends and disciples, um, Timothy, in which Paul is explaining to Timothy both the, the power, if you like, and the purpose of the Scriptures. And Paul says in verse 15, he says that from infancy, Timothy has known the Holy Scriptures, which, Paul says, are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Well, that's a pretty key thing, isn't it, which Paul is saying here. So, from Isaiah, we we learn that Scripture comes from God and it has a purpose. And now Paul clarifies that purpose and says that Scripture makes us wise for salvation. Three times in my training to become um, an Anglican minister... um, And once when I was actually sworn in here at St. Matthew's, at the induction service, um, three times I was asked this same question. Do you accept the Holy Scriptures as revealing all things necessary for eternal salvation through faith in Jesus Christ? And I have responded each time I do so, accept them. And in Christian ministry, whether it's the Church of England or any other denomination for that matter we use a combination of scripture, tradition, and reason in exercising our ministry. But while some people will say and and speak and act as if these are three resources of equal value, which can be used in sort of any combination, actually it's only scripture that reveals all things necessary for salvation. And uh, there's a Scripture has an amazing power um, to lead people um, to Jesus, as Paul said in his letter. And uh, at the moment we're studying the Alpha Course. And I thought I'd read an extract from Nicky Gumbel's book, Questions of Life, which is the syllabus for the Alpha Course. And one or two of you may have heard this before. But it's about how he encountered Scripture. And he says this, I'd just returned from a party one night when my closest friend and his girlfriend appeared and told me that they had just become Christians. This is when Nicky was at university and before he he, he wasn't a churchgoer at this time. So his friends returned one night after a party and said they'd just become Christians. I was horrified. I'd come across Christians during the year off between school and university and I was deeply suspicious of them particularly their tendency to smile so much. I knew I had to help my friends, so I thought that I would embark on some thorough research of the subject. I happened to have a rather dusty copy of the Bible on my shelves, so that night I picked it up and started reading. I read all the way through Matthew, Mark and Luke and halfway through John's Gospel and then I fell asleep. When I woke up, I finished John's Gospel and carried on through Acts, Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians... I was completely gripped by what I read. Previously, it had meant virtually nothing to me. This time, it came alive and I could not put it down. It had a ring of truth to it. I knew as I read it that I had to respond because it spoke so powerfully to me. Very shortly afterwards, I put my faith in Jesus Christ. Now, in fact, Nikki went on to study law and practice law... But he then went on to take up ministry. And today, the Alpha Course has reached something like 18 million people. um, Through God working through him and through him coming to faith in Christ, which he did by reading the Scriptures. And in this letter um, that Paul's writing to Timothy, Paul is reminding him of the importance and the preeminence, if you like, of Scripture. And he goes on to say in verse 16 that all scripture is God-breathed. In other words, yes, written by people, but inspired by the Spirit of God. The Hebrew word, in fact, for breath and spirit, are the same thing, ruach. It's it's the same um, word. And this scripture, he goes on to say, is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. So that the man of God, the person of God, can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So it can not only, Scripture can not only lead a person to faith in Jesus Christ, but it also helps us and equips us to do the very things that God has called us to do in our lives, to lead a good Christian life. So, Scripture comes from God for a purpose, to lead us to salvation and equip us for life. But now I'm going to throw a curved ball into the equation, if you like, um, and tell you that scripture on its own is not enough. And our gospel reading from John highlights the potential risks and hazards if we were to put all our hope and trust in purely words. Let's turn to 1069. So we're on page uh, 1069 and it's chapter 5 and verse 36. That's where it starts. Now, in this passage, Jesus is in the temple in Jerusalem. And the religious Jews are accusing him of breaking God's laws. In particular, some of the Sabbath laws. And Jesus responds by saying, I have testimony weightier than that of John. In other words, he responds by telling them that he speaks with greater authority than even John the Baptist, who had tremendous respect at that time, (coughs) had had tremendous respect at that time. And um, he says he has weightier weightier testimony than John. And he sums up their error in verse 39, when he says this, you diligently study the scriptures because you think by them that you possess eternal life. And of of course they're right in one sense, that we've just said that the scriptures can lead us to eternal life by faith in, in Jesus Christ. We've just learnt that. However, Jesus goes on, these are the scriptures which testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. In other words... These religious people who are are experts on the Torah, the Old Testament, who can probably recite all 963 pages off by heart, are missing the main point of what it's saying, which is that the Scriptures point to Jesus Christ. And they don't get it. They just don't get it. Um, Would you just turn to uh, Matthew chapter 1, and that's um, on page... Nine hundred and sixty-five. It's not one of our readings this morning, but it's um, for a purpose. <laughs> so, if you turn, yeah, if you turn to page nine hundred and sixty-five, and what I'd like you to do is to just hold the Bible in both hands like this. If you'll just humour me for a second, hold the Bible in both hands like that. Okay. And you can sort of, yeah, you can look at it like that. And um, in your left hand, you hold the whole of the Old Testament of the Bible. This is what Jesus and those religious people were arguing about, talking about, in our, in our Gospel reading from John. When Jesus said, these are the scriptures that testify about him, he meant the Torah, the Old Testament of the Bible what's in our left hand. In your right hand you hold the New Testament. Now they didn't have the New Testament when Jesus had that conversation with the religious people in the temple. It didn't exist. The scriptures which Jesus say reveal him are the ones in your left hand which were written hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus was even born. The scriptures which Paul told Timothy revealed everything for salvation through Jesus Christ, were all in your left hand. Those were the scriptures of the time. It's amazing that, well, how much, if you think, that we take for granted that we, about having the New Testament. The scriptures Paul told Timothy revealed everything necessary for salvation are all written long before Jesus was born. So if you turn back now to... Isaiah, our first passage, page 743. One of the things we learnt about on the first week of the Alpha course, as we were asking the question, who is Jesus? Was that during Jesus' life, he fulfilled something like 300 prophecies that are written about in the Old Testament. In other words, he fulfilled 300 things which were written about long before he was born. And I'd like to look at one of those now and to find it, all you have to do is to turn back one more page. Okay? And we're going to look at chapter 53 beginning at verse 4. And this passage from the prophet Isaiah was written 700 years before the birth of Jesus, or just less than 700 years before the birth of Jesus. It's one of the most striking prophecies about the death and resurrection of Jesus. And I'm going to read it, just follow me as I read it. And as I read it, I want you to think if there was anyone else on earth about whom God could have been speaking and Isaiah could have been writing, other than Jesus. And we're going to read from verse 4, chapter 53, verse 4. Just listen to this. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And then I'm just going to skip down to verse 11 after he he has suffered he will see the light of life and be satisfied by his knowledge my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities isn't that amazing it couldn't be anyone else it must be jesus who bore our sins who was afflicted on our behalf and then who saw the light of life after his suffering. So it's not just the New Testament that tells us about Jesus, but the Old Testament as well. In fact, the whole Bible is a medium, if you like, which points us and leads us to Jesus Christ. The purpose of the written word is to lead us to the living word, the Lord Jesus Christ. Just as perhaps sharing the bread and wine at communion isn't something we do because we're following a list of instructions. Jesus asks us to come to the table because in the bread and the wine we meet him afresh and we meet him through the words of scripture. But scripture can be used in the wrong way, just as the religious Jews in our gospel reading were using it wrongly. They were all steamed up about whether Jesus had broken some Sabbath laws, but they completely missed the point that he, Jesus, was the person to whom the scriptures were pointing. So just to summarise, scripture is from God. It's for a purpose, and that purpose is good. It leads us to salvation through Jesus Christ and it equips us for Christian living. And if we will read it and absorb it and allow God's Holy Spirit to shine his light on it, it will lead us to Jesus and we will be changed and transformed more and more into his likeness. Wouldn't that be great? Well to help us do that, One of the things we're going to do in the new year, after the Alpha course is finished, we're going to kick off our midweek fellowship group meetings um, on a Wednesday night again. And we're going to do a five-week Bible overview course, which is going to give us a fantastic broad sweep of the whole of the Bible. And it'll give us a a framework um, on which we'll be able to better understand the context of all of our Sunday morning scripture readings in the future. So let me finish with a prayer. Father, we thank you that your word has a purpose. And that purpose is good. To lead us to your son, Jesus, in whom we find salvation through his death on the cross and rising to new life. Fill us with your Spirit, so that as we read the written Word, we would always be guided to the living Word, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.